this is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of speaking with Stu Brower, WTF Gym Talk, Charlotte, North Carolina, consultant to the micro gym industry and ready to do some damage during and post COVID. Good to see you again, brother. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. I had a good time jamming with you last time. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that release and, uh, you know, maybe breaking the internet. Does anyone, <laughs> can anyone actually ever do that when people say, oh, yeah, I broke the internet? Like, dude, I don't think you did it. I, I don't think so. Maybe oh, the Kardashians, 5G. maybe. Yeah, possibly. So why don't you give our audience a little bit of your background? Um, yeah. You know, I always say experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So you've been in this for 20 years and uh, you'll kick us off. Sure. So uh, I tell everyone my origin story is I'm 35 years old. When you're 14, 15 years old, I went to an all boys high school and you're 145 pounds soaking wet and you're a redhead trying to get laid. It's a tough gig. So I lived in the weight room. College took me exercise physiology route. And then in college, I stumbled on in 2005, 2006 into this CrossFit thing. And, you know, I, exercise and fitness is all I've ever done my entire life, but I knew there was something unique there. I jumped on that stock at a very early time. I opened the gym. We had a lot of rampant success with that. Um, I did work with urban actives and uh, global fitness holdings mm -hmm. with energy sports and fitness. So I had a lot of global gym background. I went and opened up my own brick and mortar and that was a really good successful run with CrossFit. Um, I like to tell people I kind of rode that until, you know, I beat the brakes off it and I got out right at the right time, rebranded, purchased some commercial real estate here in Charlotte. And I opened up a pretty unique model, a place to work out and get work done. I've got a full-fledged coffee company that rents space in there. We've got a Wi-Fi lounge, group fitness, showers, spin studio, real nice little boutique concept here in Charlotte. And then in 2015, you know, when I was kind of walked away from the CrossFit thing that was self-operating, I started this media handle called What the Fuck Gym Talk. And my aggressive Cleveland style, again, for everyone, you know, get this, I'm a Clevelander. I grew up watching the Cleveland Browns and a bunch of Irish American grandparents screaming at the TV every Sunday. So that's a little bit where my flavor and my fire comes from. But um, I, yeah, I created WTF Gym Talk as a way to, you know, talk to other gym owners as to, you know, how to unfuck some of the things we all do in our business, especially this micro gym industry, which is, I generally look at it as the solo entrepreneur, the mom and pop shops around that are never going to franchise. They're never going to scale to hundred locations. It's them. It's maybe their gym dog and their 180 clients just trying to figure this thing the fuck out. And that's why I started making content for started speaking, consulting. And that's been my full-time job doing WTF gym talk since 2015. So since you've been doing that, I mean, have you been doing a lot of like hands-on consulting or you kind of you using the podcast as like the yeah delivery mechanism or how, how's that going yeah so it, the consulting is the main thing so i tell people i don't um i work with up to 40 clients per month at any given month everything is that you know a lot there's a lot of these gurus and, and mentors out there that you sign up for their 12-step program or whatever it is and they send you the same pdf they send the guy in boise idaho the guy in la gets it i that's like the men's warehouse version i like to tell people i create a tailor cut suit you literally get me i have no employees wtf gym talk is a job. It is not a business. If I step outside the store and get hit by a truck today, it fucking dies with me. So mm -hmm. it's one-on-one -on -one consulting. I literally, I spend three to four hours a day on Zoom calls, working with gym owners, or I travel and do well pre-COVID, travel and go on site. I mean, and, it's so interesting when you think about like CrossFit in general. We went over one of these classes as, uh, as part of our Halo Academy. Yeah. It's like, it's a great way to get into business, but the way like the, it is designed where it's a licensor licensee model and you basically have all the autonomy you want, but like you're not getting any of the support because it's kind of 
doesn't come with it. So yeah, it's very I, I, Darwinian. I joke with people like when I was 15, I wanted to open a Gold's Gym, but I didn't right. have 250k liquid in the bank to even get on the application list. Right, like it's not even a thing. So CrossFit shows up, and for three thousand dollars and pass a certification over the course of a weekend, I am I could open up this brick and mortar. And because CrossFit wasn't established, there was no right or wrong way to do it. This very libertarian, the cream will rise to the top. We'll figure it out as we go. Kind of scenario allowed for you know that's why it is the largest for a uh, licensee program in the world at 16,000 plus locations. Mm -hmm. And they haven't even tapped the East Coast. They haven't even tapped China yet. Um, So anyway, it allowed people to get in. But just like you said, then it's everyone looking around and it's the blind leading the fucking blind. Yeah. And that's where I was really great. I always gravitated to franchise models. I always gravitated to learning. Like that's why I found your podcast. I thought it was so much more interesting than what I typically heard on the typical CrossFit functional fitness circuit. I don't need to, I don't need to learn about your kettle, your level seven kettlebell certifications. I want to know about how do you keep your profit margin at 18% when you have this many locations and how is it you got a strategic partnership with Lululemon and every single one of those? I'm interested in that shit. Right. So, you know, when you think about, a lot of people that start these businesses and, you know, you, you take a look at, you know, what's the DNA of the business. A lot of it, the DNA is the, is a person, right. It's like the trainer, yeah. but also like in certain markets, you know, whether we talk about CrossFit or not, you know, a lot of these boutiques, it's like, Hey, I wanted to mash, um, you know, aerial yoga into like cycling. Yeah. The hybrid creation of everything. Yeah. And it's just like, well, did did that come from a personal frustration that you couldn't find that? Did that come from market research that you did? Like, I feel like the best businesses are the ones where it's like, there's a passion, there's an approach, there's like a frustration they had, they solved their own frustration and they kind of built the business around it. So talk about when you do consulting. Yeah. Like, Hey, the first thing I got to understand is like, who are you? And then you're like, why do you have the right to do this? And what's the story? So maybe sure. give a little insight yeah, into that. You, you mentioned it really well. Everything, there's a hybrid of everything. It's what I call the white space, right? I looked at Globo gyms were on this side of the spectrum and then like big box, Gold's gyms, Lifetime Fitnesses. And then on this spectrum, you had like curves and then curves eight shit. Everyone who knows their fitness history knows the story of Curves, most successful, largest growing fitness franchise at the time. And there was a lot of dead space. In the 2008, you know, economic crash happened. And then warehouse space was abundant. You could get a guy to give you a year free rent at a warehouse space. And that just fit perfectly for a CrossFit model. But then as CrossFit evolved and Boutique and Orange Theory and F45 and all this other stuff showed up and Spin Studios and Soul, you had everyone wanting to create hybrids. And my first thing I tell people is like, listen, before you become this fancy Swiss army knife, are you even a decent pocket knife first? Do you do the one thing really fucking good yet? So if I yeah. get a CrossFit gym that comes to be like, hey, Stu, I've, I've got this CrossFit gym seven years in. We're barely breaking even, but I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking, bro. I'm thinking if I bring barbells in with spin and everyone hangs their nuts from upside down from the aerial silks, I'm thinking we got something really unique. And, and I'm generally the one to tell them, No, I I think you're just trying to, again, you're trying to find a weird thing that doesn't exist yet. And you Mm -hmm. never want to create a unique around equipment or a crown, create a smashing two things together. I mean, you're obviously, I know you, Pete, I know you're a big soul cycle guy. Do you remember when soul dropped soul annex? That was their yeah, it dropped hit. it and then it dropped itself. It dropped real quick. Why? Because yeah. they should have stuck to their core competency, which right. is in, you know, inspiring, you know, soulful minded spin rides. That's it. You know, you bring up an interesting point, and also, you know, you talk about like the core base of like 180, 200 members. And you and I talked touched on this with our last conversation, but it's like you only have 180 people that you have to talk to, like find out 
from now. I'm like, I, I, you can pull your mind body report, your club ready, whatever you sure. want, but like, it's not that daunting of a task. Yeah. The one send a survey out, just get on the phone and find out like, why do you pay me 150 bucks? It's how can I do it better? Yeah. So that, that's the phrase right there. I was going to like every day walking in, how can I do it better? Like, and I, I'm a big fan of doing what's unexpected. So if you were to, if I'm the gym owner, I'm like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure my coaching is the best. The gym is going to be so clean. Stu, it's going to be super clean. And uh, the programming, the workouts would be awesome. And the retails would be nice. I'm like, bro, that's what everybody expects. You know, you, Southwest Airlines isn't, isn't telling everyone, guess what? Our planes don't fall out of the sky. The Marriott isn't being like, stay with us. We don't have bed bugs. But like, you fucking better not have bed bugs. I expect that. So like at Urban Movement, my micro gym model here in Charlotte, we do a little thing. I'm, a bit, I'm very inspired by the hospitality industry. And I think that's where Jim should be thinking, looking at the Ritz-Carlton and other brands like that. Um, at the very end of our class, we have a staff member walks around with ice cold towels that we have soaked for five hours prior and essential oils like lavender, tea tree, or um, um, eucalyptus. So at the end of a workout, if it's your first time, you don't expect someone to walk up on a platter with a cold towel and hand it to you and the, the smell and the senses, and it just leaves you walking out better that feeling than when you walked in. That is surprise and delight. It is unexpected. And that's why certain micro gyms and boutique models like SoulCycle and all that are so dangerous because they did what was not expected. Right, yeah, no, that's a great point. Well, I got to make two points. One is like, there really is a brand promise. And that's like an underlying, like, I don't need to check off the box that this place is going to be clean. This is going to be friendly. Yeah. Class is going to start on time. Like that's a, already, you're the authority and that you've earned that yeah. from me is like in my knowledge point. The second thing I wanted to bring up, I watched a commercial the other day, bro, on the dog that smells bed bugs. There's like one dog in Manhattan, his name's like Roger or something. <laughs> if you think about like the worst job that you could possibly have, one, you're not getting paid. You probably don't get that much sleep. And all you do is sniff out bed, bed bugs. bugs. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about people that are, you know, like in a little mini depression because of COVID. Like you could be that dog. You could 100% be that dog. Like you know, I told you, gym owners are like, oh, uh, I have, you know, like, uh, I have to go run these reports. Uh, I have to go coach that class. No, asshole, you get to. Remember, you signed up for this shit. I don't know what booth you went to on career day, but when you looked at that little trifold of opening up your own business and being an entrepreneur, you must not have read the fine print that that's the work that goes into it. I don't know anyone who's successful that lives that passive income life, right? Like the picture of the guy in fucking the beach in Maui, just like checking his Stripe account and thousands of dollars are going into it every week. Week, like these, you know, conpreneurs and these guru guys are selling on the yeah. internet. It just, no, of course there's going to be work in it. Like there's nobody who's doing anything successful that isn't constantly breaking something, putting out a fire and figuring the next problem yeah. out. Well, again, I was watching a guy, Dennis, uh, what, what is his name? What's the guy on uh, Shark Tank? The O'Leary. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like, look, you got to sign up to be an entrepreneur, like 99 out of hundred entrepreneurs are effectively like not successful and didn't get to where they, you know, thought they were going to be in, you know, had to defer going to dinners and, you know, yeah. missing out on it's certain things. Shit, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you like start out on this path, like one, you got to like realistically understand what you're signing up for and how long it takes to actually. And I look, at it like, I look at it like being an entrepreneur shooting for the moon. Right. But worst case scenario, you create a great job for yourself. You know, I talked about WTF Gym Talk is a job for me. I'm the only one that deals with the clients. I make the videos, right. my podcast. But Why are you bragging right now? I know what you're doing. <laughs> but, 
but that's, I have two businesses. Mm -hmm. I have a fitness business and I have a real estate business. Those are, but I can walk away from those businesses. They don't operate. They don't need me to operate. So for gym owners that are listening to this and anyone that's in this operator kind of role, if you, even if you don't get to that point of scale, like you fully are never removed, like you, you never really hit that, that success you probably had in your head on day one, when you signed your lease, mm -hmm. you still can have a great lifestyle. If you do a couple things, right, you might still always have a job, but if you do it right, you're not too far removed from it. But again, it's still at the end of the day, it's fucking better than working for somebody else. Yeah. I think, you know, in this day, and I'm going to switch the conversation to like what people signed up for. And like the fact that COVID if you don't want to be in the industry anymore, like it's an exit ramp and it's, a, it's the most elegant one you're going to find. Yes. Like we've been turning into, I don't like to say this because it's depressing, but I'm like an, a certified entrepreneurial therapist. Therapist. Yeah. At this point, I'll give you, I'll give you a certification if you want. Oh, I, I need it. I need it for yeah. myself. Even Not even over the weekend. I'll just give it to you right now. <laughs> Bam. You have one. So, you know, uh, you know, people sign these five, 10 year leases like, Oh, I'm like wed to this job. Like if it's not what you signed up for and like, you've got, for, you know, you have a five-year lease and you're on like year four, like do not, I want people who listen to this podcast, like do not feel obligated to extend for another five years. Like no. you could say like, Hey, you know what? You know, I played sports for five years and now I'm going and I'm doing something else. So take the exit ramp if you can during COVID or, you know, saddle up, fasten your seatbelt. And like, this is what we got to do for the next six to 12 months, get your business back to where it's going to be and map it out and say, I'm willing to take that emotional Roller coaster, and I'll get to the other side. So much of business becomes ego. So I've got, I have an executive coach. He's a shrink, and he is a, an exec. He's a business coach as well. And the big thing we've talked about in full transparency, I have offers on the table for businesses that would pay a lot more in rent than I pay my real estate company myself in rent. And I'm sitting here like having to weigh those options every month. Do I shut down my gym? in lieu of now just being a real estate guy and I do the consulting thing. And that's my identity for, you know, almost 15 years. That's my identity is fitness and owning a gym and all this, but it's about who you are going to be, not who you are now. And for so many people listening to this that are like, COVID is the best. Like right now, if you're, if you're eating shit pre COVID, I don't know how you think you're going to survive past that. If you were, if you were barely hanging on pre COVID when things were good, the best economy we've had, I mean, printing money, and COVID hit and you're, you're thinking of re-signing that lease because you're going to, you know, what I call Kevin Costner logic. If you build it, they will come that bullshit. You need mm -hmm. to really reconsider because right now is the only time that you'll get is more bank forgiveness. You'll get real estate, like tenant forgiveness. Yeah. Land, you know, you've got an opportunity now, like you said, to have a graceful exit. But, uh, just to bring up you, you personally, because you, you brought it up. So I'm, go I'm going down that path. Let's do it. Like you, like you're able to understand that you got a real estate asset and you're a business person. You have to yeah. think unemotionally about like, what's the best yes. return on that asset, right? That but at the same time, you have the benefit of saying, hey, look, I might not need to help like these 180 people and someone else will still fill that void. It's not like I'm pulling fitness out of Charlotte, right? So yeah. like you have a moral obligation, but there's plenty of options where that moral obligation is fulfilled by maybe competitors or clients or friends of yours. So, yeah. you know, when you take a look at your day job, your day job might be actually more beneficial with WTF gym talk and consulting with 40 people yeah. than saying, Hey, I'm going to take a discount on my property. 
a, th- a thousand percent. And also kind of looking at just answer thing. your question. All right. Yeah. That's it. We're done. Yeah. All right. Keep no, going. That's bro. it. But like we talked about on the last thing, you know, we've also looked at for urban. We, you know, we're currently in discussions on OPM and doing licensing models. So I have staff. I feel more, I'm going to say, I tell people this, the retention in the fitness industry is not about your members. It's about your employees. I care a gazillion times more about retaining my employees. I've had the one general manager. She was client number two or three. She's been oh. with me for one on 10 years. I care about retaining her and my assistant GM and them more than I do Sally, client number 1375, who may or may not cancel at some time in the next 28 months to 36 months with you know, an average lifetime client value. I don't care about Sally because there's another fucking Sally. Good luck finding another Isaac, like a thug GM that's just been a ride or die the entire time. So I feel obligation to those people and we'll do whatever I can to make that happen. But at the end of the day, like you said, being emotionless because you get into business to make money doing something you enjoy or you have an interest in. But at the yeah. end of the day, it, it's not, you know, that's where the, like the hobby owner comes in who gets too emotional, best friends with all the clients in the gym, maybe too close of friends. Like we all know happens in the fitness industry. And it just gets, uh, it gets super messy when it comes time to cut ties with that. So let's focus on employees because right now you've got a lot of instructors that are going on Instagram. They're going on zoom. They're going direct to the member. You're kind of saying, Hey, look, I know, you know, I got some PPP money. Maybe I give you a little bit about it. I got to act like a squirrel and kind of bury my acorns right now. And I'll bring you back if I can. You know, what do you think the next evolution of the relationship between, you know, I run a boutique studio and I got four rock star instructors. You know, do you think that maybe the balance in a good way maybe is is like shifting Shifting. towards like, you know, maybe like, hey, look, you're an instructor. It's like if I got a hair salon, like if I got great six hair stylists, like I'm crushing it, right? But if they leave, you know, and give me a mutiny, like I'm that's my they're my business. Yeah, I looked at like the the rock star uh, thespian instructor that you know the soul cycle really emulated and all that you're now golden handcuffed to them because they are mini celebrities and they have the device in their hand that keeps them instantly tapped into all your customers and are people loyal to the instructor or to the brand it's going to be the instructor so and i heard you and jim crowell mention this when you're on the podcast previously the the main asset people are going to need to develop in boutique is even the high volume boutiques, even in Orange Theory, if we're looking at 400, 500 plus memberships, you're gonna need to hire client success managers. Like at Urban Movement, every 90 days, you book goal setting appointments and it's a 15 to 20 minute appointment. It costs you nothing. You sit down with a coach and you talk about, this is why I'm here. Because every fitness program for the, they're all the same ingredients, they're different recipes. We're all doing the same shit. It's all dived up, cut up a different way. But if you can, like most fitness programs could do, like I'm trying to lose 20 pounds and I really want this to feel better and my arms to be bigger. I can tell you how many soul cycle classes to take. And Hey, listen, grab the five pound weights, not the three pound weights. Like I can customize even a group fitness, a generic buffet fitness model to anybody. If I just know, and the fact that I asked and that I know that you're going to your sister's wedding in Maui, that is a, that's a, that's something, that's a connection. People will cancel memberships. They are less likely to cancel relationships. That's a great, that's a great quote. Dave, put that down on the glossary. Write that shit down. <clears throat> on Brower, dash Brower. Yeah. Circa and then on the back end too, here's the, here, here's the one, here's a better one on the back end. Do not be emotional about memberships. How many small time gym owners do you know? Like we talked about them getting too close to it. Get upset when people cancel. It's an emotional thing to them right? Mm-hmm. You cannot be emotional about the membership because memberships live and die, but members are forever. 
a membership will get canceled, but a referral can be for fucking ever. So for those small time, those micro gym owners I'm listening to, don't act like a little bitch when someone cancels. Don't treat them weird. I still invite our entire list of everyone who's ever canceled to our holiday Christmas party. And a high percentage of those people show up. And guess what I keep getting from those people? Referrals. Because even if they're not in the my thing anymore or they moved, they know their membership came and went, but they will always refer. So guys, stay emotional about members, not memberships. Yeah. No, there's a woman that was in our Halo Academy and she's like, I just look at that total number of members. Like I'm not, I don't care. She, she kind of came to the conclusion that that was like the only KPI, KPI that mattered. <clears throat> and it was really, you know, we're doing this class. So I'm kind of digging into the weeds and she's like, well, look, if, I, if that, if that number goes down, I know I got a problem. Right. And if it goes up, then I got a good problem. Right. Or I got a bad problem. So, you know, and I think also people have this, since I've been in this industry, people have been talking about, you know, my attrition rate and like how much churn there is. And it's like, you know, like a restaurant starts every month at zero revenue. You know, you get the benefit of starting with something, right? Yeah. So, and also you got to realize that like people don't have an attention span to, unless they're like embedded in a community, like they, they're not going to do like a, like a, a, a continuous workout routine for 10 years. Yeah. Like you yeah. might do like 12, 18 months. Like I might pick up and want to play the violin for like a couple of months and I want to do fitness again. I want to pretend yeah. to become a stand up comedian or I want to try out CrossFit. Cause I think, you know, I saw somebody and they told me about it. So I'm going to give up this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to come back. So there's always people that are cycling through the system. You just got to get enough of those that you're, top of awareness that you, yeah. they're going to try you out. So, And you accept, you figure out what that is. So I, I'm in a very transient area. We have high density housing in Charlotte. I'm talking apartment complexes everywhere. So the number one question we ask you when you sign up at my gym, great. Where do what apartment do you live at? And then when did you sign your lease? Cause now I can predict when they're probably likely to cancel at the end of that lease and they're going to go to a different apartment complex, or maybe they're going to eventually buy a home. But yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. Realizing the client for life concept, in my opinion, is mostly a, a fable. It's something we think that's cute and it's nice as a, as a, a trainer. I love to think of having clients right. and helping them for the life, but that the business side of it doesn't prove to be accurate. On that. So, you know, when people are coming back, you know, we talked to a lot of these HVLP, you know, high volume, low price high operators, price. And the conversation I had a couple of weeks ago, and I said this on one of our uh, podcasts, you know, if there's no HV, then don't be an HVLP. If there's no yeah. high volume, like to why are you selling price? Like exactly. That's not what people want to hear anyway. So what, what kind of advice are you giving? And what do you yeah. think the price point is on average that people are going to say, you know what, I'll put X amount towards my, my health and fitness. Cause I know what the ramifications are if I don't, yeah. I, so the, the high volume model, high quantity versus high quality model. And it's, it's one of these things where the one thing we're not seeing a change in uh, across the board, coast to coast right now, commercial real estate prices are not changing a ton right now. So it's still just as expensive to enter the brick and mortar world as it was prior. And I think that this, you know, if I were to look at a, a single operator, I'm like, could you inspire and create 300 recurring clients that kind of a number I would even put at that's low volume that you can still deliver, even at Dunbar's number, right? Dunbar's number gives you 150 people you can have close connections with. Can you have three operators there to leverage you know, X amount of people and keep close connections with them? If you want to be in that high volume, you want to have 1,000, 3,000, 10,000 tickets on a Planet Fitness at 999 or whatever it may be, you're just constantly playing that leaky bucket game. I just don't see that model doing as well long. I think there's always going to be a place for it. 
I think yeah. plant fitness can be, there's always to be a place for it. But if I'm an entrepreneur, I'm looking to get into it because I enjoy fitness. That's not the model you want to get into anyway. Yeah, we did a, uh, we did a case on, uh, I feel like I'm plugging the Halo Academy. I'm not, it's just part of the conversation. Do it, hey, listen, baby, make your paper, right, boo-boo. You Keep know plugging. We got a Halo Academy coming up. No, in CrossFit, like there was a guy charging like $62.50 oh, on God. average per month. And it's just like, dude, like I can be part of a cult for that price. It's yeah. like the cheapest cult I've ever joined. Yeah. Why would I have equi- joined? If I was to join a cult, it sounds cheap to me. Yeah. Isn't Equinox have the Columbus Avenue location is like a $30,000 a year member. It's like some crazy number, right? Like CrossFit. That there's was like the an e-gym. Yeah. There's yeah, one like, e-gym thing. Now, again, with everyone going online, that's where you can go your high volume, low price. That's, sure. that's, a, that's exactly where that lives. But in person, and you know, that is where you can really differentiate. And again, I think the quality where the soul cycles and the big high volume models will not be able to compete on is on relationship and relationships. You're not going to measure that on an Excel sheet except if you want to look at like retention, but even then it's going to essentially be, you know, you're going to look at your referrals that are coming in. You're going to go ahead and look at like satisfaction. You will find coaches, trainers, operators, general managers who generally have relationships with the customers that come in every single day. They will have higher job satisfaction ratings and scores. If you do any kind of, you know, um, net promoter score tests and stuff like that, then those that just transactionally like a check, checking key fobs as people come in and out without knowing anyone's fucking name. Yeah. I guarantee you, I, you see higher, like people stay longer in your business when relationships are formed with the customers. Yeah. And I mean, the, the relationship comes with the results. And I feel like, you know, we'll, we'll get, um, there's this group out in California. It's called the, uh, the camp transformation center. Oh, I, yeah, I know that. Yeah. <clears throat> so like their six week challenge, six week challenge, like you lose a certain amount of weight and you if you show up back. 24, yeah, they put the check down to give you money back if you show up 24 times and nobody sure. takes the money. Yeah, yeah. So like the amount of that people are willing to spend, I wish that people would say, Hey, what is the, what's the price? What's the value to this? Like people don't typically say, I don't go to, I don't, the reason why I don't go to soul cycle is typically because you don't enjoy riding a stationary bike, not because of the price point is for at least the people I talk to. Yeah. I see two, there's two avatars in fitness. There's starter fitness and evolve my fitness transformation centers. Um, you know, YMCA's, uh, uh, burn boot camps are great starter fitness models. People looking to get started with fitness, either for me the first time or the first time in a long time. And then you have Evolve My Fitness. These are people who currently fitness in some degree. They run, they go to Soul Cycle, they do CrossFit, and now they're switching it up, right? there. Like you said, I, I was doing Orange Theory for a while. I'm going to try Alchemy 365, or I'm going to try, you know, Sweat Method, whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. they're looking to change it up. And you got to figure out which one of those camps you want to be in. If it's going to be starter fitness, you have way more because. of the people in the United States are obese, right? Right. The majority of people are starter fitness. However, that doesn't stick as long and you have to be results driven. Like for, for realistically, like you were going to soul cycle for how long did you have crazy immaculate results? Is that what kept you going the soul cycle? I mean, I would say, no, I mean, it became a routine. It became part of my life. It It was a pillar of of your schedule. Yeah. It's what I, I, and my, and my apparel. Okay. And the apparel line. You loved your $150 like leggings. Well, like, I paid for it, but I got it as a gift and award. 
<laughs> so yeah. like I, you I want, don't know if I, I have leggings, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> you leggings, dude. I think a winning strategy is for a micro gym to try to become a pillar of someone's schedule. It's the equivalent of them washing their hair and taking a shower. There are days I come home, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to take a shower. But if I don't, I'm going to smell like shit. That's a pillar of my schedule. I do it because it's a part of who it makes me feel better versus it's the best hour of my day. I love going there because I, I think you need to become more utility in these people's lives. And that comes from relationships that comes from results. that comes from a good sure. client experience versus this, I think very romantic idea of like coaches and trainers, like having best for like having a best friends, like a hobby club. Like you, you always see this, like, you know, I see this in the CrossFit gym community. You have, you know, they have the 106 members and they're all best friends and go to each other's weddings and hang out at each other's houses on the weekends. And if one right. member sleeps with someone else, then it's a fucking, they lose 30 clients the next month. I never thought about that as like a, you know, oh, the downside oh. risk, but I don't yeah. get involved in that. that. That's, that's for you to diagnose in the micro, <laughs> the micro weeds. Um, you know, one, one point to, to make, you know, about the, about the trainers and, and the relationship there is, you know, as we get into the next paradigm here, if you can figure out a business model that allows you to have those trainers attached to your stadium or arena, if you will, you know, and, and the math works for them. You should, we should be able to figure out the math to work for them and for you where it's a win-win where they don't think about potentially going out on their own and, and maybe they'll get a little more dose of like, Hey, what's my downside risk of, you know, of going out of my, well, I don't know, personal guarantee on a lease money that you're going to bring, you know, put out the door and like, you know, yeah. see what we have to do to like, I've had really interesting conversations with people that say, Hey, listen, I've got this 10,000 square foot building really for my group fitness. I need about 2,900 square feet, whatever it is, but how do I keep whatever? So like I've had trainers and, and owners and operators come be like, what if I created little, like kind of like we work, we talked about this, but like we had places that for trainers to come in and they could shoot their own fitness content. They, we have a camera, we have all this, they've set up their own podcast, kind of like a WeWork kind of thing, yeah. and they shoot their own stuff here. Now the business owner is like Netflix. People are beholden to Netflix because Netflix owns the attention. So if this company, and let's call this company Equinox, if Equinox is a platform where they have people digitally looking at their stuff, they have clubs all over the country, people going there, trainers then want to go there. So you're not ever hiring, you're interviewing people want you and need you because you have the attention, but there's no brand out there, fitness brand that has that much attention that any trainer would say me versus the brand. Oh, I'll go to Instagram with my shit. I'll get Vimeo and start doing my own thing. I think that's where like, there's some opportunity with brick and mortar OTT, a WeWork like content creation, shooting videos, podcasts, yeah. that kind of thing um, where you kind of almost become like talent management at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been tinkered with. There's some guys in, well, actually, Equinox did something similar to that a couple of years ago. And then there's a guy in um, who's got the, uh, the largest spinning studio concept in um, in Beijing, in Shanghai. And he basically signed their instructors up to as a talent management. And then they yeah. try and get them into like, you know, Big Brother Shanghai. I don't even sure, know if yeah, that yeah. exists. Not that that's like a novel yeah. idea and I'm going to go for that. But you know what I mean? I think They're the recruiting like industry... Have you, I mean, you guys have seen that you see this in the finance industry, like 
I like recruiting industries are huge. People get paid big commissions to get someone for this company at this salary. Yeah, sure. Why, why don't we have things like that at that scale for the fitness industry? Why can't I call a firm and be like, listen, I've got $82,000 a year salary. If you can give me the most electric spin instructor, period, go find me that person. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple of recruiting firms that are doing that, but nobody's doing that for, you know, instructors. Fit, yeah. For fitness. That's, I mean, because that's what it is. It's talent acquisition. Like Barry's when the Barry's opened up here across the street from me in Charlotte, uh, in 2019, they literally came in and the corporate guy got corporate housing here. He's here for four months. He gets six gym memberships. Guess what? He took the top flywheel instructors. He took the top orange theory instructors. He top, took the top Lululemon employees. Yep. And he's like, Hey, listen, we're going to send you to Barry's talent training out in Chicago and LA. And it's what he did. He came and he did talent recruitment and he just siphoned the top best looking, best extroverted individuals for berries. And those guys from getting a health club membership, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're right though. There is no, there, there's no executive search or, yeah. you know, recruitment tool. It's all, you know, reactive to just like put up yeah. a post or something. Someone will, someone will do it at some point. Yeah. Um, so look at, you know, parting words here, or, uh, you know, advice for people to get through, the next several months here before uh, we, yeah. we officially turn the lights, hopefully all back on. Yeah. I mean, I know New York is obviously a different scenario than it is in Charlotte and all this, but anyone who's listening to this, if you're in the fitness industry currently, I think right now is, is a huge come to Jesus moment. You've had a lot of downtime to think about the business. COVID exposed a ton of flaws and issues you have with the business. It gave you a lot of downtime to work on things. If you needed to work on your brand, your, you know, your uh, org chart, this, that you had the downtime. If you didn't capitalize it, I, I just, I'm very, very come to Jesus with people. Take this time to realize, is this for you? Because I think a lot of people who love fitness got into owning a business when they really should have stayed a coach or an operator. They would have been way more happy and they probably would have made more money because how many gym owners do we know literally work 65 hours a week to make $31,000 a year? Yeah. Well, look, uh, you know, as they say in sports, you know, no one asked you how you did two seasons ago yeah. or last season. They just say, how you doing this season? So for 2021, you know, hit the, uh, Reset button, lose your rearview mirror, and if you're going to stay in it, get in it to win it. And uh, listen to WTF Gym Talk. Brower, we will see you in person soon. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much. Good to see you, man. Thanks for getting on. Thanks. As we continue to build our Halo Talks email notification database, want to offer you a free $10 instant gift card from our friends at Promotion Vault. Also to show you how easy it is to offer your members and prospects and clients the ability to get desired actions out of them and reward them in real time, go to halotalks.com, put your email address into the pop-up box, see how it works, get a free $10 gift card from us, and uh, keep listening and making everybody great.